Hi, I'm Lisa Kennedy and you're listening to The Bra and the Brave. This podcast celebrates the creative and the courageous. I am fascinated by those who are talented, forward-thinking and inquisitive. Sharing their stories, wisdom and everything in between, The Bra and the Brave is about people and their passions. So on to today's episode. So, I'm here in... I'm in a toilet, which is a total podcast worth, and I'm loving it. (laughs) Um, And I'm in a toilet at Outcast Barbell Sanctuary. Oh yeah, it's Outcast Barbell Sanctuary for the commercially unwanted. And I'm here with Andy Kearney, Mm -hmm. also known as Andy the Outcast. Yep. We'll get to all that chat, but first of all, the reason why I'm here is a former podcast guest, Bruce Smart who I'd also never met before, because I've never met you, Andy. He actually recommended you as a Bra Brave clan member. So you've kindly agreed to do the podcast. So first and foremost, thanks very much. I appreciate it. You're welcome. You're welcome. And um, uh, my first question is, why Andy the Outcast? Is there is there a story behind the name? Yeah, um, basically it, it originates from my social media uh, because of the gymnasium. Uh, This particular gymnasium is called Outcast Barbell Sanctuary uh, for the commercially unwanted. And and I opened the gymnasium about three, just over three years ago. And I felt that the type of training facility that I required was becoming um, extinct. Uh, The gymnasium world is becoming very generic right now. And it's all these twelve ninety nine a month, twenty four hour generic, non staffed gyms that don't like people like me, uh, which is fair enough, you know. But they, they don't like uh, loud music, they don't like big weights, they don't like banging weights, sweat, chalk. Uh, but there is, uh, I felt, a niche market for that type of training. It's very difficult to become a, a world champion in a certain discipline in, in any kind of strength sports if you're training in a generic gym where uh, you're restrained with the restrictions of their kind of criteria. Mm. So you had this vision for what you needed that you could then provide for other people? Yeah, the, I just I just felt, I mean, I could have called it Andy's Gym or, you know, <laughs> Average Joe's Gym or whatever, but I just I just like to name Outcast Barbell Sanctuary for the commercial unwanted. So it was basically, this is the sanctuary for the, for the people that the other gyms don't want. Yeah, so, the, the, san- the word sanctuary gives you the vibe that people are welcome it's mm. not like a scary place <laughs> yeah I mean if I can read you that's our motto there just above okay. you so we are in the, the changing room stroke toilet yes. uh, it says this is outcast barbell sanctuary for the commercial unwanted here there is no elitism no top or bottom everyone is equal unified by the desire to progress I love it yeah brilliant yeah so that's it so it's, there's, there's no see in this type of gym people say to me oh I'd love to come to your gym big man but but uh, it's so far about guys like you lifting hundreds of weights and I'd feel intimidated or, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll wait till I get a bit stronger before you come to your gym. And, and honestly, when you, when you come here, you couldn't be any further from the truth. There's girls that lift, uh, well, to be fair, most of my girls are pretty damn strong now, mm-hmm. but there's girls that started here that could barely lift a barbell and, and now they're, I think, probably... Uh, the World Championships in Slovakia this year, we've got seven or eight girls that have came from right. never powerlifting and wow. they're, they're now on the, the Team Great Britain in nice. this shitty little industrial estate in Clydebank and this little tin hut we've got as a gym, we've, uh, we've managed to create numerous dozens of yeah. world champions. And that community that you've built, is that a community as a young person you were drawn to? How did you get into going to the gym, becoming a strength athlete? Uh, I, I was inspired. I was inspired, inspired by all the cliched ways of of, of, a, of a gentleman of of my um, age. Uh, I was, you know, in, in the eighties there was a mass focus in, in cinematography of, you know, the kind of Reaganomic like um, masculine man. Uh, all men for themselves. You know, the Sylvester Stallones, the Arnold Schwarzeneggers, the John Claude Van Dams, and Bruce Willis's, and so on. I was brought up inspired by these these muscular men that were men of action and men of uh, masculinity and then uh, I was fascinated as a, as a small child with wrestling so I suppose I was it was drilled into I was conditioned into believing that, that to be a true definition of a man you had you had to be big strong and masculine okay. so yeah if maybe if I was born 10 years later I, I wouldn't be doing this but my uncles were strong as well my, uh, my uncles were quite strong and they had a, a small kind of weight set in their bedroom and 
when I was up visiting, I, I would I was drawn to see if I could lift it and stuff. Just as I started, when I was I was quite strong for my age. When I watched um, wrestling and so on, I used to be able to press my friends above their head, right. and uh, and then as I got slightly older, I could shake the shit out of the vending machines and steal all the chocolate out of it. So I had a, a kind of natural foundation for being stronger than average. Mm-hmm. And then as 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 my friends turned to. Um, kind of experimenting in, in recreational drugs and, and alcohol and stuff in the kind of early teen, late, mid to late teens. I was drawn to uh, to, to the, the gym as my outlet. I mean, I, I came from a very, um, a very kind of poor area. Well, this is the area I grew up in, but I grew up in Yoker, mm-hmm. just just uh, just in the borders of Clydemack. And, and we didn't have a great, where I grew up, we didn't have a, a great deal for children to do. So uh, kind of 15, 16 years of age, I was, confused of where I was going to go next with my education and, and what I was going to do for a job. Uh, my friends were all starting to take recreational drugs and, and, and it was high consumption alcohol and were hanging about just, you know, just being retrobates. And uh, I used the gym as my outlet for my mm. frustrations and, uh, and, I, and I fell in love with it, you know. So it was just that discipline to go every day because you just felt great when you were doing it? Yeah, I mean, obviously I've been, I've been lifting weights now for for, for more than half my life which mm. is which is awesome but people always say to me oh I don't know where you get your dedication from or I don't know how you, you can stick it and do it all these years and stuff but but I, I love it so it's, it's there is no dedication yeah, it's your passion it's my life. passion it's like it's like if you're a pianist and you say you know you need to play the piano for eight hours a day if you love it it's, it's effortless yeah. you know it's not and, sure. that's it and so I've, I, I find it difficult because obviously where I've got clients and they're like oh I'm struggling or I'm you know, I don't know how you get to the gym four times a week and stuff, and and I, I show empathy and I try and encourage them, but I've never f- truly found the answer to explain to them how they can do it. You have, as I say, the, the, I, I, well, the expression is if if you find a job you love, you've never worked a day in your life. So that's the same yeah. thing. Yeah, and I, I guess you're an inspiration to others. Then obviously this is your job, but you know, to have a, a business is a whole other thing you know it's one thing having a hobby and doing that in your spare time but then to make that your life's work that's inspiring to other people yeah i must say uh, i'm known for being arrogant narcissistic uh, self-indulged and stuff at times uh, uh, we all? <laughs> uh, I, I, I have no problems with that pe- 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 generally people that uh, don't like me will, will point out those traits in my, in my, in my persona but uh, that, that's not the basis of me i actually put a lot of time in for people and help and, I, and I, I, I usually if if you like me you find I'm actually a really nice given person but uh, since the social media boom in the last couple of years and, and I became Andy Outcast I, I must say I get, I get really touched and I mean this with all sincerity I, I, I actually I'm more, more these days touched and humbled but I get really really nice messages off of people saying that I'm an inspiration to them not just as someone that lifts big weights but I've got a, I've got a daughter a four-year-old daughter called Simone and, and I left my I actual left my, my marriage to spend more time with her and I'm obsessed by her I just love being a daddy and I try and spend as much time as I can with her and I always post a lot of my quality time with myself and my daughter and a lot of people say you know they, they, they love that they love the fact that I've got this kind of like I, I'm, I'm the kind of dad that will like the other day I put up a, a post that my daughter wanted to wear sandals because the weather was nice and I was painting her nails for her and stuff so I, I like that people always say that I, the, 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 yeah because I, I guess like I mean I, I didn't know you so I was just looking on mm. your social media and you get obviously a sense of someone what they're putting out in the world yep. but you don't truly know anybody until you meet them and you get that vibe face to face but that was one thing I got from your social media A that there seemed to be a community around you like most of your pictures there were other people there supporting you and being part of your crew and also the pictures of you and your daughter I was like he's obviously like yeah. massively just in love with being a dad yeah I'm glad I waited till I was a bit older uh, I've got the financial stability and the maturity now to be a good father. If I had a child when I was maybe 20, 25, I was too immature, I was too selfish. So I'm glad I waited till I was a bit older in my mid-30s to have a baby. But the community thing's great. I'm, a, I'm very much, I'm, a, I'm a, a social person, I'm a pack person. I love having people around me. I draw energy from, from, from groups. And as I say, pe- people will generally, pe- people are drawn to me because I, I suppose that I'm at a, 
positivity and a focus that other people like I've, I've had people saying I love training with you my training's not the same without you mm. you give off a great vibe great positivity uh, and I like that I'm, I'm very much a, a, a kind of social butterfly I'm not a lone wolf type mm. of person and I certainly couldn't be for a, a business for this to be successful but yeah I'm all about um I'm all about uh, having a, a training crew and, and, and a nice social circle. And, and as I say, I love... It enriches your life yeah, as well as your work, yeah. I guess. It's one of those things. It's, it's, I mean, I've, 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 like, I've, I've had people come and go out my life. And people sometimes people come into my life and they use me for what they can get out of me. They exploit that. And then when they no longer need me, they disappear. Mm. And then you get people that are just... When, you, when you're successful in life... And you know you've you've became a champion, world champions, and, and everything else. And pe- people, the jealousy is very very um, easy to to, to to inherit these days, especially with social media. Like I constantly post positivity in my social media. I constantly post like, oh here's me and my daughter having lunch, or here's me emceeing a comp in a different country, or here's me in a mm. waterfall. But they don't see that that I'm in here at early in the morning cleaning toilets and emptying bins and stocking vending machines and then I'm up late at night doing clients programs so so people get a really kind of false perspective of Andy the outcast mm-hmm. on social media they only see the positivity uh, they don't see the hard work that uh, goes the behind highlights, it real kind of thing. Yeah. And, yeah and that's what social media essentially is was for like especially Instagram you know it's just nice pictures yep. and it's hard to get a sense of the whole person on Instagram yep. but I think if your your message is positive and that's what you're putting out yeah. then you know you're you're putting out in the world hopefully for other people to feel positive uh, yeah, and inspired th- no, you're not putting out to be like check me out yeah, uh, my life's so much better than yours I, I like, I've, I've got this little thing I do now yeah, because I've got such a big social media reach it was a video of me doing stone lifting that I think it, it's, equa- it's equated about 300 million views I think it's a percentage wow. of population Goodness. and uh, so I, I feel like I've got a nice wee platform now and I'm like well how can we use that can we uh-huh. use it to to exploit or can we use it to, to, to for, for good so I've got like a couple of wee terms I use and I've got one that's called Fancy Lunch Friday right and people it's quite cool because people send me it's became a hashtag <laughs> and people send me like pictures I'm having fancy lunch Friday and me and, my, me and my mother come from a very poor background I, I had no father as such and we grew up as I say in, in a really rough street in, in Yoker and uh, we had nothing we, we literally used to my mum used to give me a puddy up to pull the meter the, the, the pin out the meter and we'd hide the door for the provi check woman we were literally poor people yeah. and for me to have worked hard from you know university and, and everything else that I can actually take my mum out for a nice lunch every Friday and, and she can sit down and dine in a nice restaurant have a glass of wine and spend quality time with me and her granddaughter so I, I started doing this thing called Fancy Lunch Friday I love it. and uh, people used to uh, I used to spell it wrong people go there's no E in it I said I explained it was it was, it was Friday uh, it's, it's, it's uh, Friday and Simone and, and Anna and stuff so they're like oh cool oh, that's so nice. so I, I like that so that's became a wee hashtag and a thing I always put up now is is a is, uh, I put up this thing, life is beautiful, I don't forget it, and I always try and encapsulate a really magical moment with me and my daughter, or a beautiful situation, or scenery, or environment, and I always say, life is beautiful, don't forget it, and people have actually messaged me, uh, and said, listen, I'm really, I'm really drawn to your positivity, and even though it's not easy for me to see it the same way as you, I, I feel inspired by your motivation and your posts brighten my day so yeah. stuff like that really, I that's mean, the life experience that you've had where yeah. you've come from you, life maybe in the past didn't look so beautiful no. and now it does yeah. and still there's days you're cleaning the toilets and you know like, yeah. like you say you're putting the hard work in it's not all easy going but at least you've got you've had the experience to have this outlook now yeah, that's it and as I say it's nice to I must say like I, 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 I joked to a certain extent uh, about being narcissistic and, and, and self-indulged and, and, and stuff like that. But I genuinely, if someone was to say, oh, you're looking in great shape, I'd be like, thank you. But when people actually message me, messages saying, you know, y- you've motivated me, you've inspired me, I actually do genuinely feel like a great level of uh, humility and, and uh, it's, it's, re- it's a really nice course, thing to receive, absolutely. you know. definitely. You're, you're making a difference to someone's yeah. life, even like... Even if you don't get to hear about it, I'm sure you know your positivity yeah. and the energy you're putting out there, and that you're hard working. You know that that's that's inspiring to someone. Of yeah. course it is. You know, and yeah. that, that is the joy of social media. You know, and it gets a bad rap 
quite a lot it of does. time, but uh, that's that the one positive thing about social media, so. sharing stories, that's essentially what I want to do with the podcast. I meet a lot of interested people through my job and being freelance, and, and like yourself, sometimes people look to you and say, oh, that's really cool what you do, or that's really inspiring, and I'm like... Phew. Your story's dead inspiring to me. You know, everybody's got something to offer in this world. Yep. Um, and just because of what you've achieved, what you've been successful in in your life, it can be inspiring to someone else to do to follow their dreams, and that's yep. obviously what you've done. In yep. terms of like the competing, also how how do you get into what you do? So you do like Highland Games and that kind of thing. I do. I do everything. Right, I'm, okay. I'm, I'm the, right, I'm, you're a jack of I'm the jack of all. I describe myself as, as the Swiss Army knife of strength. But uh, <laughs> I love that. That's but yeah, but, <laughs> there was a, there was a strongman show in the gym I trained at before this. There was a really fantastic gym that I trained at before this that met my me- okay. uh, needs. Yeah. Uh, called the Marine Craft Gymnasium. It's, it's, it's in a weird turn of uh, events. It's still open. But it's a great wee gym, and uh, they, they held them Barton's strongest man one year. And I was like, wow, that's just got my name written all over it. <laughs> so I trained for it, and, and I was fortunate enough I won it. I won my first kind of strongman competition. It was kind of novice kind of intermediate, beginner kind of comp. And then I was hooked, and then I did strongman for a couple of years. I managed to win uh, Scotland's Strongest Man a couple of times, Scotland's Strongest Team. I went to Britain's Strongest Man. I represented Scotland wow. and the international and strongman. And, and I was hooked on strongman. But in a weird, really interesting uh, turn of events I actually blew my knees off at uh, the Arnold Classic which is Arnold Schwarzenegger's competition in Columbus, Ohio okay. and I was in a wheelchair for a year Wow! and it was probably the greatest thing that ever happened to me Jeez, right. uh, okay. and how can how can that happen well basically mm. what had happened at the time was I was still I was still in my late 20s I think I was just about to turn 30 and I was doing the doors so I was on, I was doing security work doing it I was being a doorman and I was in a rut I was in a rut, I was basically doing enough work on the doors to pay my bills and I was obsessed by strongman, which meant I, everything was based on strongman. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was a lot heavier uh, because it was the general consensus that the bigger the stronger you are in strongman, so I wasn't as healthy. Uh, my relationship with my partner at the time wasn't the best because I was focused, obsessed, obsessed by strongman. Uh, I was doing a job that financially wasn't going to get me anywhere, I was stuck in a rut. Uh, and then I just opened my first ever business, which was a sports nutrition shop called Better Bodies Glasgow. And I was treating it like it was a job. I was getting in, doing enough, mm-hmm. and closing the door. And I, I, and my priorities were all wrong. They were just all wrong. So I blew my knees off, which ripped both my kneecaps off doing a strongman event. And I was lying on the floor of uh, the convention centre in Columbus, Ohio, and I was in, I was I was basically I, I was rushed to hospital, and they told me you know listen you might never walk again. So I was in a strange country, pretty much alone, and no idea how I was going to get home. Mm-hmm. And concerned that not only was my strongman career over, but my life was about to be changed considerably. Mm-hmm. So I came home from America in a wheelchair, and I just changed all my priorities. It was the general consensus was that. I was not going to do strongman anymore. It was too dangerous. I couldn't do the doors anymore. So I had to put more effort into my business because I went, right, I've got no fallback here now. So I've got to make this business work. So I worked my ass off to get my shop up and running, both myself and my business partner at the time. I spent more time with my my partner and I changed from being obsessed with strongman to having to lose a bit of weight and get better shape because it was easier for me being lighter to learn to walk again because the lifters going, listen, you're 23 stone, you can't, um, we can't get you to yeah. do physio, you're too heavy, mm-hmm. could you lose weight? So I dropped away down to 19 stone, it's still big, but four stone nonetheless. Mm-hmm. So everything just took, uh, was going positive and then I decided to switch to powerlifting okay. as a safer option. The powerlifting's bench press, deadlifting, squats, it's all done in a gymnasium, all done with linear movements under a barbell, so it was generally deemed a lot safer option for me to focus on. And in many ways, I like to call it the Happy Gilmore uh, situation. Uh, if you're familiar with the movie with Adam Sandler, he was obsessed with ice hockey. Yeah. Well, ha- Happy Gilmore, as you know, he was. Uh, he wanted to. He wanted to be an ice hockey player, and then he found golf. Yes. Well, I was. I was a good strong man. I, I wasn't. I mean, well, I, well, I suppose I was the strongest man in the country, and I, you know, and stuff like that. But I wasn't world class. 
So I went from being a good strongman to a world champion in powerlifting, mm. and and so so if I look back in retrospect, it was almost like the kneecap things were. Listen, we want to save your future. So a lot of people wouldn't take positivity from yeah. that. Well, uh, whereas I did. You took it as a message of like, yeah, this a mess, a message of Mister Kearney trained your priorities. So I then went on and done powerlifting, uh, and I've been doing powerlifting since, and I'm I've I've racked up a a considerable accolade of awards. Mm. I'm I'm seven times world champion, eight times European champion. I've won every British title, weight category, multi. So I, I I've been there, done it, won the t-shirt in powerlifting, and then I got to the stage where uh, I, I've I've started branching out and doing some other stuff. Yes. Like I've got I've got a fascination with the manhood stones of Scotland. This is my mm. this is my, my my hobby, I suppose. <laughs> And uh, for anyone that's not familiar with this, uh, every clan in Scotland had what's known as their testing stone. Uh, so you've got these stones scattered all over Scotland that were used as, 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 a, as a passage of boyhood to man. Some of them are, are ridiculously difficult, some of them are not so difficult for someone of my ability. But nonetheless, there's something special about them. They're, they're sacred, they're, they're like for instance, there's a stone in Glen Lyon called the Fianna testing stone and it's Pictish. And it's uh, it's six hundred years of, of age. Oh. Uh, six hundred. Well, it's, it's documented being lifted for six hundred years. Uh, it's also quite fascinating because it's made out of a, a rock called dolomite, which has no origins in Scotland. There, there is no trace of dolomite. It's, it's actually more dense than granite, which we're from. Uh-huh. Obviously, granite's yeah. quite abundant in in Scotland. Uh, hence, why Aberdeen and Fraserburgh are so boringly grey. But the um, so this, they don't know how this stones managed to get to Scotland 600 years ago, but nonetheless, it's used as a, as a it's 127 kilos, which is about 20 stone. And the the tradition in the old days was to pick it up and put it onto a wall, so maybe two or three feet, you pick it up, put it on the wall, and then that was you then deemed a man. Yeah. Uh, so these stones are all over Scotland, and I, I dabbled in them slightly t- 10 years ago, and, and kind of in my late 30s, I decided I would return to this passion. Because I'm getting a bit bored with powerlifting, my mm. foot being modest. Uh, I've I've switched to coaching. I'm getting satisfaction out of coaching powerlifting yeah. now, and and this is a lot my passion for training again. So yeah, so I've, I've I've I'm one of the few people that's done them all, and I've done stuff that no one else has ever done with the stones. So so yeah, I, I love the manhood testing stones, and and I've just come back from um, Iceland. Yes, I saw that on now, Iceland uh, has a, is, is a kind of stone culture as well. It's like cultures merged. And this was my dream. I did this for my 40th birthday. There's, the, the, there's stones in Iceland. There's two particular stones. One's called the Dreepvik, uh, and they're in a place called Grondisfjör. And uh, they, they're known as the fisherman stones. And basically, in Iceland, the fishermen would come, come off. The, this is at the extreme west mm-hmm. of Iceland. And the fishermen would come off the boat and there would be these four testing stones. Now they're known as useless, half man, half strength, and full strength. And full strength is, is full stuker, full stuker. <laughs> so, so uh, basically whatever stone you could lift would deem what you got right. of the share right. of the catch. Okay, right. So this is Iceland, everything was based around physical strength. Mm. And it's weird because these are the two cultures that, uh, that it's embraced it and it seems yeah. to be evidence of it uh, being their kind of main s- sport and pastime so I, I fortunately uh, if, you, if I can indulge you I'll tell you a, a story I'll tell you a story I've just got yeah, I, I, went, I went with my partner to Iceland for both her birthdays she's born on the same day as me in a weird strange no turn of events yeah we're both born <laughs> on the 9th of July Jesus, and because uh, uh, <laughs> all the cool people are born in July <laughs> and uh, yeah, so my daughter's me. I'll make an exception to me. So yeah, we went to Iceland, and it was her, it was her dream to see killer whales in the wild. She's very passionate about the abuse of of uh, aquatic animals. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she wanted to see killer whales, orcas in the wild, and uh, we went out. Now I've been in lots of boats. I've been fortunate enough. I've been on yachts. I've been on uh, ferries and stuff. But this particular boat was more fisherman esque. <laughs> and the day that we went, the waters were very choppy. And I wasn't aware of that I had no sea legs. <laughs> so I went out on this boat and, and I decided I was going to be Leonardo DiCaprio and I stood right mm-hmm. up the front of the boat and I was and, and 
everything was fine until we managed to uh, we saw some killer whales which was a very unusual occurrence I believe at this time of year and pilot whales were an abundant and for whatever reason it was general consensus it was the chances of seeing orcas were very unlikely and then we saw this beautiful big orca and then we saw 14 it was just it was, we were really really wow, lucky they were in packs of, packs of 3 and 4 and and the marine, the marine biologists that took us out were going ape shit and were filming and they were like, oh my God, and they knew them by name and stuff like that. So cool. So this was great. So my girlfriend, uh, my partner was rolling, uh, uh, she wasn't even crying like a nice cry. She was crying like, you know, it was like, she, her bucket list had been achieved. She was snottering and she was crying like a big baby. She's like, oh, I'm so happy. So she's looking over the, she's looking over the, the boat and everyone else is all these American tourists and stuff are looking over the boat and the boat, uh, they're all filming the orcas and so I, I was like oh this is that's incredible I'm so happy so I was trying to film her and then film the orcas and then not fall off the boat and then the choppy water and then it just hit me and I was like oh my god and I was like I'm going to be sick now no, a weird thing is I don't drink or anything so I've never physically been sick unless I've been not well like yes. food poisoning or a bug mm. or something so I was like oh I'm going to be sick so I to cut a long story short we're going to get too much good I spent the next three hours being violently sick out the back of the boat mm-hmm. now to, to get to the point of why that's relevant is I now then the, the schedule the schedule for us in, in our four days in Iceland was very structured we had a, an itinerary to stick to <laughs> and uh, and, I, and the plan was that we were in Osterland I think it's called and the Dreepvik stones were just round the corner from it so I came off the boat I was physically ill I had no food left in my system. I was being sick with stuff I had net for months. Uh, I was I saw you know about carrot right, and uh, I I was so traumatized with all my muscles were all cramping and I was totally discombobulated. So I was like, oh, how am I gonna how am I gonna lift these stones, which are generally considered to be some of the most challenging in 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 the, in the world. Was the end the plan? No, this was not in the plan, right? So this is a, this is a. I suppose I can reference this as this, I would approach this differently when I was younger so I sat in the car for 10 minutes managed to kind of get my bearings and I went and I got some some like there was a bakery and I got a couple of wee sticky buns and that just to get some sugar in me so we drove to these stones and I was like oh I don't know if I can do them I don't want to do them if I fail it's going to destroy the, the holiday and it's going to ruin the day and maybe I should come back tomorrow I was like, but I can't it's a six hour round mm. trip and we done an itinerary and everything else so I was just like, I just said, Andy, just man up. Listen, you're in a foreign country. You can do this. Don't feel sorry for yourself. And uh, there'll be people out there that will take pleasure from you not doing it. Uh, you know, people that are jealous, people that would be like, ah, ah, ah. You know, people that take pleasure. Mm-hmm. If You know, as Frank Sinatra said, some people, you know, like stomping on a dream. They get mm-hmm. their kicks from stomping on a dream. So... I managed to get there right now if anybody that knows me knows that I love an audience right as I say I commentate the whole Highland Games circuit in Scotland and I'm never uh, more happy than I have everyone's attention <laughs> so I got to these stones and normally when I saw them in footage it's a, it's a desolate place and mm. it's miserable and horrible and I was like yes that'll do it for me but as I got there there was a, a bus tour showed up with over 200 oh, people and I was like great great so Please. <laughs> uh, so, so I had all this. Not only was I feeling absolutely terrible, but I had then the pressure of these mm-hmm. two hundred people showing up. Now the tour guide was like to everyone, "Oh, stop, stop! Someone's about to try full stuker, full stuker, which is full strength." And all that. Ooh. So I was like, "This is added pressure." So uh, I, I put, I brought my kilt with me. I've got a specific kilt that I wear to lift stones. I brought, so I bought my kilt, and, and already they're looking at me as if to say, "Why? Who's this strange man in a kilt down?" at the beach beside these four strange rocks so I had my kilt on and I went up and I picked the first three stones up with quite uh, quite comfort mm-hmm. and then I went to pick up the fourth one and I was like oh my god the rumours are true it's it's very difficult so the crowd were like you know well go on then we want to see it we want to see it so I, I done I, I done something weird I kind of walked away and uh, I used a lot of mental imagery and I walked up and I was like, do you want to see it? You know, and they're like, yeah. And I was like, so I reversed it from me being nervous to, I, ch- I changed it to immense confidence. Like, do you want to see it? And they're like, yeah. And I was like, we'll see it. And I, I, I managed to pick a stone up. And if you see the footage in my social media, the, the crowd just woo as if like they're witnessing something. Because <laughs> no, no Brits ever done this. It's, uh-huh. I, I, I'm not even sure if there's been anyone out with Iceland wow. that's ever done it. So, so I managed to lift it, I stood up with it and I got a standing ovation and then they queued 
to get their pictures taken with me. And, cool. and then they, they, were, they were giving me their babies, you know, I said, will you take a picture with my baby and stuff? <laughs> but they were just constantly saying, fool's duker, fool's duker, like, you know, wow. Of course. And then, and then, so I felt, I went from three hours on a boat, being violently sick, going, please God, get me off this boat, <laughs> to immense elevation. I'd, I'd went to Iceland and became the first ever Scottish Viking. I, I was full strength. And, and then, some of the top Icelandic strongmen were phoning me going like, ah, congratulations and oh, stuff. that's cool. So yeah, so that was... Wow, what that, a turn of events that was. It was a buzz. That's it was, all meant to be though, eh? Yes, I believe in fate and I believe there's people looking after me. I've been yeah. immensely lucky. Hmm. But like, you know what, Andy's going to go do the Dreyfus Stones. Let's... Uh, we'll send a busload. Let, let's, give <laughs> him a, let's give him a busload of people to massage his ego. <laughs> and a dodgy tummy just for it. good just, measure. Ju- just for a bit of drama Aye. before it, yeah. <laughs> just, so, just so he's got a backstory about how impressive it was. It was an excellent story. And Thank I'm you. pretty sure you made like their holidays well. Like, what a highlight! Like for them to come away and go, guess yeah. what we saw on holiday. Yeah, so I they made were, your holiday. But they, they were probably they were probably just going down to what, see the beautiful scene at the beach, and then they get the added bonus of a bald a bald Scotsman and a kilt lifting big rocks for their entertainment. So yeah. So and you were talking about vis- visualization. Is that something that? You use quite a lot. Are you, yeah. Do you meditate, or is that something that? You yeah, I, I do. I do a lot of I do a lot of visualization. Something I've picked up on over uh, a period of time. Uh, something I've, I've developed. I, I have to go to dark places, and and some people don't like that. Uh, some people can't work with that. But I, I find when I'm about to go for a for a big lift, uh, you know, a lift that I've never achieved before, I have to go to like dark places, uh, and I have to believe that you know. There's people's lives at risk if I don't do it. Someone's got a knife to my daughter's throat, or you know, if I don't do it, or I, or I visualize people that you know would take pleasure in me not lifting it, laughing at me. So I, I do a lot of dark visualization, um, but it's a weird thing because when it, when, it, when my training's at its best is when my life's happy, when I'm when I'm balanced and everything and and is going good in my life. There's no stress and out with the gym. Uh, my training excels. So I don't. People say if I'm having bad, t- it's a weird, it's a weird scenario. If I'm having mm-hmm. bad times, like I'm having a stressful time, maybe uh, break up a relationship or you know money problems or mm-hmm. whatever. Just whatever. Everybody's dated life yeah. stressful problem. Yeah. You know, my daughter's not well or I fell out with someone or whatever. That has a massive detriment on my training. So it's I seem to be really really good with positivity and reality, but then I need to go dark places. Yeah, strength, and that's where it comes from in your mind. So it's people people find it quite. Uh, some people find find it quite unusual to like you know, because sometimes I can practically cry before I lift and I, and I mutter stuff and I scream stuff and they're like, wait, you, you know, what's all that about? And mm-hmm. it's like I need that's to go just, there. That's how I harness my power. Yeah. and uh, it works for me. It doesn't. I certainly don't think it works for. For everyone, but I've I've developed it, and it was, it was it helped in that situation because a weaker me, and I mean weaker mentally, a younger me would have not went to those stones. Okay. I'd have went. No, I'm not doing them. I'm not ruining the holiday. I've got other stuff I want to do, uh, and then people went. So why did you not do drip big stones? Like oh, I was on the boat all day and it made me sick. Whereas nowadays I'm like, look, you know, this mm-hmm. is all. This is all meant to be, yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, it doesn't matter what you've just done. You can lift this. So, so, so as 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 I've got through all the kind of knocks in my life, and and I've I've developed as an individual, my mental strength's so much stronger. So, as I say, a younger me would have not attempted those mm-hmm. stones, or a younger me would have attempted them and failed. But as I walked away from those stones, it's like you're not here to fail that stone. That's not what you're here for. This is not your purpose. You know you can lift it. You know you're good. And, and I, I switched it, I switched it from a negative body language and, and I was looking at the ground and questioning my own ability to I looked at the, 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 the dozens and hundreds of people that were there and said, do you want to see it? And uh, they're like, yes. And I was like, right, well, uh, let me show you. And it was, it was and, and then it was almost like the pressure of them then became positivity. Of course, yeah, you turn that, yeah, like, they're all here to see me feel, actually they're not, they're here yeah. to see you win and enjoy yourself they, they and be in the moment. They want to be, they want to see that stone yeah. lifted, so, so as I say, that's just comes that from experience. That like, obviously does do a massive yeah. Yeah. thing, you know, to your training. I wonder, did you ever see yourself where you are now, when you know, when you were younger and you were envisaging this strong man, did you envisage the life that you have now? No, not, no, not at all. Does just seem like a world away? No, not at all. As I say, I had very small ambitions when I was younger, uh, and 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 I just wanted, you know, a, a quality of life. So I, I keep I keep saying that again. If I can revert back to my social media output, uh, 
I always keep saying, and I let people know that I'm a blessed man, and and, and I'm not particularly religious, but I, I feel blessed. I feel like I'm very fortunate, and 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 I know I have put a lot of work in. You know, I've I, I can sit back and as I turn forty now and say, you know, I'm self-employed. Uh, I do what I love for a job, mm. and and I've got the rewards from it in in the form of trophies, accolades, life experiences, and memories. So a lot of times, uh, I need to. I constantly need to remind myself and I like to tell other people, I say, listen, I, I, I'm scum, I came from nothing and I'm saying it's nice that I can drive that car or I can go to Iceland and fulfill my bucket list or, or I can take my mum for lunch every Friday. These things, these I don't ever take anything for granted. And uh, yeah, I, I feel I feel really lucky, but I, I certainly, if you says to me when I was 16 years of age, that I would be doing this for a living and I would be a world champion in my sport and stuff. I, I, I don't think I would have believed yeah. in you. I would have believed you. And branching out into things like presenting, you know, the, the games and you've done an advert, I saw as well. Yeah, yeah, I've done, I, I do. any. It's, it's weird that I commentate for Strongman, I commentate for Powerlifting, I commentate for Highland Games. Uh, and, and stuff like that and I've done some some TV stuff and adverts and, and, and stuff like that it's really mm-hmm. cool I've done loads of podcasts that are more specific on powerlifting uh-huh. than yeah. yours but uh, but yeah it's like weird because when I was younger uh, people maybe not believe this it's like when I was younger I was ridiculously shy right. and I, I was embarrassed and I was scared I, I, I had this real sense of, of inadequacy not for me as a person but just when I grew up it was like I had this feeling like, oh, we're we're scum. We're from a scum area. Just gonna badge that I like. We, we don't do stuff like that. We're Aye. not good enough for that. And that's been my motivation. It's like when by the time I got one of the things that actually built my confidence was doing security work because I had to be confident. I had to have a persona that I was mm. I was confident in my own physical ability and I was confident that I could judge people's sobriety. So that developed, and then by the time I got to, I went back to university when I was later in my 20s because I right. felt guilty that I'd neglected my education because uh, that was the general consensus was just get your ass through school and go out and get a, a, a job if, yeah. if you were I mean with my family I was the first person in my family to get a degree and, and uh, stuff like that and they'd mm. be like you know in my family if you had a job and you weren't signing on in the fly you were for, you were mm. posh you know but uh, so by the time what I was your degree in? Uh, my degree I wrote enough as media theory and production major in oh. radio production right okay. so like the development of very yes. certain parts of my life like my confidence grew from security work which then meant I was confident enough in uni to stand up and talk in front of a lecture hall or, or sit in front of a mic my radio production gave me the confidence to then progress on to my MC and, and, and uh, personal training and programming and speaking and, and holding seminars so it's, it's kind of weird how Everything's interlinked. Yes, Everything's interlinked. And like you're saying, like the motto of the gym, you know, it's, it's inclusive. It's for everybody. Yep. When you're doing your MC, and that's then you opening up everybody to a world that maybe feels like a bit closed for them. Like yeah. how you present yourself in this friendly manner that I'm not this scary person yeah. you can't talk to. Yeah, you know, that's that, it. That, that's obviously you're yeah. using your skills there. That's it. As I say, it's um. It's, it's it's cool because I I like to think myself as as the Highland Games can be a bit s- s- snobbish at times. Okay, I've never been uh, to Highland Games. Uh, and I mean Although that. I've been to Highland Dancer, but I, 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 I mean that in the greatest respect. That <laughs> it's a wee bit snobbish. Um, I, I love the Highland Dance, and I actually want my daughter to progress into yes. that. She she does modern jazz and tap and everything. No, but she's. I should have kept the Highlands because the amount of people that I now see who are all around the world doing Highland, and I'm yeah. like, I should have kept that going. I I, 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 I actually want my daughter. To my friend uh, Charlie, his daughter um, Diana's doing it, and it just looks like really good. Yeah, fun. it's right. So ba- basically, the the, the the Highland Games can be a bit posh at times and, and stuff, and I suppose it bloody well should be. You know, it's steeped in tradition, and and, and majority of people that run them have, have got immense affluence and wealth. But I, I I like to think that I'm the kind of bad boy of the of the, of the Highland Games circuit, and and because I can be quite blow tundra at times and I can be a bit <laughs> near the knuckle so I like to think that I, I, I've, I've kind of brought the Highland Games poshness down a bit like it. and I've made it more accessible to yes. the average Joe so it's like that it's like because a couple of times uh, oh my god and it's fabulous to have your you know commentator at Highland Games you know but mm-hmm. you know but I can't believe you're you, you're a bit near the knuckle there you know and I'm like and I was and like, bit, hello, have you met me? Uh, but, then, <laughs> but then I find that the really ultra posh people are got a really good sense of humour. Of course. And and the and the and the you know the blue collar have get have got a good sense of humour. It's the guys in the middle that are pretending that they're neither are the problems. <laughs> 
you know, like, I, I think I've stole like, some. I see you. Yeah, I think I've stole some of Billy Connolly's stuff. Yeah, Billy Connolly was of the same persuasion. Yeah. <laughs> so you enjoy that, you know, just getting out and having a bit of banter with people, enjoying the sport, but in a, in a different sense. Oh, I love it. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's weird because to commentate powerlifting, you have to be like a bingo caller. I'm constantly just mention names and mention mm. numbers so it's really hard work it's like blah, blah, blah. it's like right mm. up next we've got this lifter and she's attempting this good lift no lift it's just really it's just yeah. like a bingo call and then strongman you're set on one particular subject matter because you're commentating on the strongman show and because I've got an ex- because I've got a background in strongman uh, I know what I'm talking about I know the disciplines and stuff so, yeah. I, can, so I can digress and, yeah, and, and, and expand yeah. but with Highland Games there's usually multiple things going on and I've got no script <laughs> so so I can just so I can just talk rubbish for four hours, and then they hand they hand me this envelope of money every week, and I'm like, I can't believe you're paying me to talk shit, you know. But they seem to like me because I just keep getting booked and booked and booked. Yeah, so you know that's what people appreciate, and you're just bringing yourself to you know, kidding on your somebody else. It's 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 quite funny. I'll tell you I'll tell you quick. I'm sorry. I'll tell another wee anecdote. As a friend of mine called Glenn Ross, right, and he he he's he's in charge of the majority of strength and. Community in Northern Ireland, and he booked me one time to do a Highland Games in Northern Ireland, right? So I was like, right, okay, I'll do, I'll do it. Because I'll wing anything. I will literally wing it. I, I literally talk about stuff I know nothing about, and it sounds like I know. So, so the, uh, so he says, come over and do this Highland Games for me, and I was like, right, okay. I had, I had no knowledge of Highland Games. I'd never even. Been, I think I'd maybe been to a couple of Highland Games, but no paid attention. Mm-hmm. So I was like, right, I'm gonna have to wing it. So I'm, I'm on this plane over in Northern Ireland, and I got and I, I, I suppose it's like pure cliched, like the, the Chinese people. You assume they, they know martial arts. You know, it's like stereotype people. So all these uh, Northern Ireland heavies. That's that's the term for 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 a, a Highland Games athlete known as a heavy, which I didn't know at the time. Mm. But I don't know. So, <laughs> so I was like, right, come here. All you come here. And they're like, what? And so I'm like, right, you are going to tell me how you do it in Northern Ireland. And then I'm going to tell you the right way. So they're all looking at me as if he's Scottish and all that. We better not offend them. So then they're like, right. So they all stood up like like I was a lecturer and they were all presenting. They're like, well, well normally we like to do the hammer first. And I'm like, right, okay. Right, that is. <laughs> And I'm like, right, so, so I just so then they wrote, they were telling me exactly what they were going to do and, yes. and I'm like right what's the records you get records out here that are probably not as good as yours right okay so I literally just won the whole thing and they're like oh and then they were coming up and going oh it was really good to have someone that knew what they're talking about with Highland Games and stuff and I was like mm, yeah, yeah yeah totally uh, uh, yeah totally and, uh, <laughs> so and then I done my yeah I just I just won it and then like they were, they were, like you know talking I was talking like I was this expert in Highland Games and it was like the first Highland game I've ever been no, yeah. well now but I've, I've been lying and winging it for the last two or three no, years four years I think almost you've just got to get in there yeah that's it get it done that's how you learn the best isn't it <laughs> <laughs> but yeah now now, now, uh, now I'm, I've, got, I've got a good solid knowledge but back yeah. in those days I was like yep yeah, he's going to throw the what's it called again? hammer hammer <laughs> it's like <laughs> <laughs> okay let's go with that <laughs> uh, the, the weight of the bar and the, the weight aye that's the one okay what's this what's this next one K- Kbar Kbar just winged it you know <laughs> but that just seems to be a common thread with you in the stories you've told me is that you just do it just go with the flow yeah. I, I, I've got I, I, it's weird um, I, I, I don't know where it came from it came in my kind of I think it was I think it when I was round about I was about to have my daughter and mm-hmm. I just felt I got to the stage of my life where I was like you know what have no fears and I think it was 2014 I got up and I, I was I think it was like we got what's your um, New Year's resolution and I went conquer every fear and uh, I was petrified of the dentist I'd never been to a dentist in my life uh, I'd been to the emergency dental hospital twice to get teeth extracted in the state of absolute excruciating agony so I just got up one day and I walked past this dentist in Partick because my shop was still and I, wa- I walked in excuse me I said how you doing my name's Andrew I've got no dental history I walk past this dentist every day I think it'd be a really nice dentist can I be a patient and they're like right sure and then in the next couple of days they, they you know they've done some work in my teeth done a bit of cleaning and extracted another tooth that needed to be taken out and then I went from that to get my teeth all whitened and straightened and stuff. So I conquered. Mm. There's like literally a big fear of the dentist, and I yeah, conquered that's it. Yeah, a massive thing. So and and I done numerous things like that. So now I'm just like, I'm almost like a do then think about it later type yeah. guy. And it seems to it seems, seems to work. It's working. Yeah, <laughs> it's definitely working. Yeah, as I say, and, and it's it's really nice because I've still got a really strong connection with the people from my community where I grew up and, and my family, and, and and they'll say you know they see me like oh he's he's away to Iceland to lift the 
the the the, the Icelandic manhood stones, or he's I'm going to Slovakia and a couple of weeks for the World Championship and they're all they're all really proud and positive and I love that. Yeah, I really, must I, be absolutely oh, for you. My wee mum's just that was my motivation from the minute I the minute I started anything was to make my mum proud, you know. And and I, and I, I'm confident I have done. And now my, my my sway towards now is to leave a legacy for my daughter to be mm. proud, you know, so that's it. So Amazing, yeah. amazing stuff. Thank and you. I guess there'll be other things on the list that you still want to achieve is there anything specific yeah I mean I, I've still got some manhood stones I've not achieved um, I'm now a masters lifter which just happens when you come 40 so now I've got all new records to chase oh, okay. uh, and I've actually I've probably not told many people this but I don't know if uh, this is a good thing or not but I've actually entered my first strongman comp right. in uh, 10 years and it's the Britain strongest man masters so I feel like uh I feel like I'd like to maybe try that again just because it's a masters competition so I'll be up against guys that are of my age and over mm. uh, and I feel like I've kept myself in good shape for a, for for someone that's 40 years of age and I feel like I could be competitive at that so I'm I'm so so in the next couple of weeks I've got the gathering which is the top strong stonemen in the world are coming to Potark uh, which is where Donald Denny's from the most famous of all the man whose stones is called the Denny stones I'm competing in the gathering. Then I've gone to Norway for the World Stone Lifting Championships. Then Slovakia for the World Powerlifting Championships. Wow. So I'm com- so I'm competing in a four different sports this year at a national level. So I'm the I'm the Swiss Army knife of strong. You certainly are. You definitely coined that phrase, and you definitely deserve to own it. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much for doing this. We're going to quickly move on because I know your time is precious to what I call the thingamabobs. Right. So just totally random questions. Love I have it. a list. Mm-hmm. And I have picked a few out for you. Okay, right? let's do it. So, if you were to write an autobiography, mm-hmm. what would it be called? Oh, good question. Uh, I would call it um, The Manhood Stones Mastered. Lovely. Yeah. I like it. I think I know the answer to this, since we're talking about travelling, but I'll just ask it anyway. Window seat or aisle seat? Oh, I, I, I'll, but I have to suffer getting constantly smacked with the trolley, the drinks mm. trolley. And I, I didn't think you would say I yeah. <laughs> I have been in the window, I, I've, I've been on about 20 flights this year and I have been on the window a couple of times. It's 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 not it's not the best place, but I can work with it. Cool. I can work with it. Fair enough. <laughs> um, who or what makes you laugh? Uh, my, my daughter makes me laugh immensely. Uh, <laughs> She just says stuff that just makes me laugh. Like I love it when they get to that age with a yeah. proper Romy personality. She, it's, it's when they develop stuff that you don't, like Like I was driving the other day and I was shouting and bawling at somebody that had cut me up or something and I was doing my best not to swear because mm-hmm. I was like, Argh! and she just went, Dad. And so she's like, calm down. And it's like, <laughs> and I just burst out laughing. And I was just burst out laughing because she totally gave, at four year old, she just gave me any trouble and it was yes. quite rightly so because ah. I was, I was over. Yes, I was, and uh, it was just stuff like, so my daughter makes me laugh, yeah, she does make me laugh. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> What's the best thing about Scotland? Oh, the best thing about Scotland, uh, the weather. Right. Yes, the weather. Because, I think you're the only person that's ever said yeah, that. Because <laughs> I, I, love, uh, I love the fact that you can have four seasons in one day. So true. It the looks, hailstones out there for all we know. Yeah, and, 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 and as I say, it's, I, I need to steal Billy Connolly again, and Billy Connolly said there's no such thing as bad weather, just the wrong clothes. That's it. <laughs> so true. Yeah, I, I, so true. I love nothing more than standing in a muddy field in minus four conditions and playing with a big giant rock that's <laughs> something more barbaric some, something more barbaric about it than brutal conditions than there is doing it in a nice summer's day mm. honestly right I like it I like it you're all for the drink the drink <laughs> can you finish this sentence when I was we I was stronger than everyone else <laughs> <laughs> and I totally believe you yeah. <laughs> Um, best gift you've ever given? Oh, uh, I actually well, I almost I've got I've got a condition in my family called duplex kidneys, and we've all got three kidneys. And I was going to give one of my best friends one of my kidneys, but we weren't a match. So that would have been the best gift I, I was actually going to literally give a kidney. Yes, it's, it, my so, my mum's got it, my sister's got it, my daughter's got it. It's called duplex kidneys. We've got two kidneys on one side and one on the other. Yeah, yeah, which is uh, good if 
you drink a lot of alcohol and mm. stuff, which I don't if I don't, but yeah. So, we, so your, your kidneys will be very healthy. Yes, well, I, yes, I've got a backup. <laughs> but okay, uh, the best gift I've ever given. Hmm. Wow, that is a good one. Uh, Fox, uh, yes. Yes. Uh, damn it, why did they own a match and I could just be like, kidney? Next question. <laughs> Uh, but uh, no, um, I don't know the best gift I've ever given. Um, oh, it's a difficult one. Mm-hmm. I'll say powerlifting knowledge to some. Like m- one of my best friends is James, and he could never. It, it, when he started training with me, he could deadlift 140 kilo, and he's now can deadlift 250 kilo. He's got his first world championships in Slovakia in 12 weeks, wow. and he's a current British record holder in the deadlift. So, and I've done that for not a single penny or a bean, just the fact that he's my best mate and I've stood beside him for the last four or five years and turned him from someone that didn't know how to deadlift to a British record holder and a world champion level. So, knowledge. That's a pretty decent gift. Yeah. Great. And my last question, which I ask everybody, is what is your favourite Scottish word or phrase? Oh, uh, favourite Scottish word? Um... And wit. I like that. And wit. Uh, and wit. And I like uh, words. Let me a, a good Scottish word. Let me think. Well, I need to pick a gem from my mum. My mum's got some, some absolute crackers. Uh, I, oh, I like uh, okay, sure. Okay, sure. Because that's, that's my auntie, my mum's sister. If you tell her something impressive, she always says, okay, sure. My Andrew done that. Or okay, sure. I've done that before. So that's so my two choices are probably quite pro- pro- provocative and hostile, but okay, sure, and, and what? So it's like, did you just eat the last bit of cake? And what? <laughs> if you'd eat the last piece of cake, I wouldn't be messing with you. I'd be like, oh. fair, <laughs> <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> but listen, thanks so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. I know how busy pleasure. you are, and it's been an absolute pleasure to hear your fascinating story. I wish you all the best. Thank you. All your amazing achievements that are yet to come. And I look yep. forward to keeping up with you on the old social media and that. No worries, Lisa. Thank you so much for spending the best part of an hour inside the toilet with me. Listen, this uh, is all part of the Broad Brave adventure. Yes, that's it. And yeah. this is a first. So. And, and so people know we're in a toilet because of the because the, the loud volume mm. in the gym. We didn't choose this for no, the no, choice. I mean, it's not <laughs> I mean, like we're saying that you have to do all the cleaning. You've done a grand job. Uh, it's not bad. For a, I'm for feeling a, very happy. For a spitting sawdust gym, it's relatively clean. Thank <laughs> you. My, no, and I appreciate the good acoustics and everything. So it was like yeah. a perfect environment. Thank you. No, thank you again. Well no done. Thank you. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of The Bra and the Brave, a podcast about people and their passions. Join us next time for more insight and inspiration from my wonderful guests. Bye for now.